Wonderful, thank you so much, Will, and uh, good evening, everyone. Really good to see you. Happy New Year. If we uh, haven't had a chance to greet you in that way, and as uh, Will says, if we've not had a chance to meet, I'm Tim, I'm the vicar here, and um, it's just so good to be with you. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to bring our reading from Psalm 24. And um, just while you're finding that, if you, if you want to, I don't know how you're accessing God's Word these days, I'm, I'm in um, sort of old school book form. So I've got a, a little um, bookmark in 2 Samuel chapter 6. Uh, I'm sorry now, I can't give you the page numbers because we're not all on the same, but if you go in the index, I never know where all these books are. Um, Psalms are pretty much in the middle. They're quite easy to find. So Psalm 24, I'm going to read from that. That's the treasure chest. Uh, but 2 Samuel 6 has the key to that chest. And I hope my, my aim tonight is to unlock it with a word that I, I hope, kicking off this little mini-series in, in January, uh, as we're calling it Ascend, from a, a verse you'll see here in Psalm 24. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord, stand in his holy place. And uh, I, I think it's a word amid all that's going on, challenges surrounding each and every one of us in different ways and to different extents. But I, I feel it's a word for the, from the Lord for us to, 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 to climb, to ascend, to press in. So let's see, because we're, we're probably not feeling like doing that right now. <laughs> so let's see what Scripture has to say to encourage us and uh, fuel us. I'm going to read the whole of Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Those who have clean hands and a pure heart, who do not put their trust in an idol or swear by a false god, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their saviour. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Psalm 24 is a song of celebration. Um, it's attributed to David. It may, scholars are kind of arguing on whether it may be written a little bit later uh, when people could see what David had done because it's written on the occasion of the arrival of the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. And, and 2 Samuel um, 5 and 6 and 7 gives us the, the, the context to this. David has recently been appointed king and he's moving to clear Jerusalem. In fact, chapter 5 is quite a busy chapter for him. He has to clear Jerusalem of the Jebusites uh, in order that he can uh, enter the city as king. But the Ark of the Covenant, which is like the sort of, if you like, the sort of physical representation of, of God on earth, God who's kind of transcendent and beyond us. No one has seen God 
the, the, the liturgy has it. Uh, and yet, so how could Israel kind of know that God was with them? And through the Ark of the Covenant, his, his eternal promise, it was like, if you like, a visual aid for them, an icon, if you will. But it, it, it had not traveled with the people. And David was, was keen not only to be king and to rule as God's man in God's place at God's time, but to have God's presence at the center of the people. And so he is moving to bring the ark into Jerusalem. And, and this is the, the sort of song that accompanies it. The earth is the Lord's, everything in it. And uh, so who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place to receive a blessing, vindication, to, to know that God is with them? Lift up your heads, receive the King of glory. It's, it's an it's a exuberant song of praise. But there's a context. Just in case you're worried that I've had one too many happy pills today and, and uh, I'm kind of off on one and it's, you know, oh, here goes the preacher, new year, new start. A bit like Will was saying, you know, it's going to be better than last year, better than ever. Uh, if I'm on it, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, you know, this last week was, oh, golly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there is weariness around and there's serious challenge around. And I I know from talking and engaging with, some of you are dealing with, with grief. You, you have family members who have recently died tragically and you are sad and grieving. Others of you are really struggling to face the new year and all that kind of purports uh, to, to lay out in front of you with anything like strength or enthusiasm. And, and, and here we've got this psalm. Um, but there's a context. 2 Samuel uh, 5 and 6, if you just look at the headings, that's enough. Um, David defeats the Philistines, verse 17 of chapter 5. I mean, without you reading it, you can look at it later if you want to. But the Philistines, they don't want a, a God's king in Jerusalem, so they array to defeat him. And, and there's a delicious, it's, I love these sort of, um, these sort of uh, uh, understatements that the Bible makes. Um, so David confronts them and he just says, the, the verse just says, and he defeated them. And he defeated them. Forward, just, oh yeah, David just defeated the Philistine army. But let's just think about that for a moment. Let's, let's think about a battle. I mean, that is, you're wearing armour. You're wearing, you're wearing quite a lot of heavy stuff. It's, it's physically tiring just to turn up. Never mind fight. And you've got the, the, the emotional turmoil of losing comrades and people. Even if you win, there are costs in the victory. Think of the psychological battle for David. He's a marked man. The whole of that army against him want to take him out. If you, if you defeat the king and kill the king, you've cracked the opposition. Think of the psychological torment for David, knowing that there are a whole load of Philistines out to get him. And he wins. He wins. But surely he, he must be weary or tired. And, and we see in verse 22, of chapter 5 of 2 Samuel, once more the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. Another battle. I've just, I've just had them. We've got another battle. I've got to gird myself again. I've got to rally my troops again. I've got to reposition people where there are gaps. We've got to face the enemy again. Oh. But God, in his grace and mercy, he carries David through to victory. 
David, who is battle-weary, is able to pen these words. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Wow. Stand. Did you note that? Who may stand in his holy place? In, in the temple where now God dwells. In, in, in the presence of God. Classically, there were two postures of prayer, if you will, or for any human being in the presence of God. One was prostrate on the, face, on the floor, face down, because you dare not stand a sinful human being in front of a holy God. You are begging him for his mercy to spare you. And so you prostrate yourself, if you like, in an act of confession. Oh Lord, have mercy on me. And the other posture in receiving the mercy and the grace from God through the sacrificial system, it might have been a dove or a ram or a calf. And as that sacrifice is deemed to be acceptable, you can stand in the presence of God. The, the posture of prayer for a devout Jewish man or woman was to stand before God. Who may ascend? the hill of the Lord? Who will press in to God? Who will keep on going, even though they're weary, even though they're tired? Who will stand before the Lord? We are battle-weary. I, I, I was, I don't know about you, but I was, I, I thought, okay, I think I can see what they're trying to do in November. We'll take the lockdown. We'll take the hit in November if it means that we can have some kind of Christmas. And, and you know how it is, you kind of, you, you, you have Christmas as a psychological barrier. You think, let's get to Christmas and then, oh, I'm sure next year we'll be fine. And so we, okay, lockdown in November, that's the battle. All right, homeschooling for a bit. Okay, we can't do this, we can't do that. And we'll get to Christmas. But like the Philistines arrayed again, we've got this variant. <laughs> the graphs are all going up again. There's concern and anxiety at national and local level. Understandably so. NHS at breaking point. The strain, the stress, there is another battle for us to face. And we're weary. And we're thinking to ourselves, I'm not sure whether I can do this. I'm feeling physically fatigued and psychologically fatigued. Emotionally, I'm wrung out. And we begin to doubt. And we're tempted to fear. We're no different from David. David, no different from us. So how? How is David able to write this psalm in the midst of his own weariness and disappointment and heartache when he's tempted to, to give in, to throw in the towel, just as we may be tempted to feel? Who may ascend? Who's going to carry on climbing? Will you, will you indulge me just for a few minutes while I show you some holiday snaps? Um, I have a kind of, my hobby, I guess, is climbing, mountaineering, uh, particularly, I love um, kind of ice climbing and mitts climbing in the, in the Alps. And uh, about 10 years ago, I went, for, I went to do a route and, uh, to get to the top of that spike there. That, that spike there is called, it's in um, just the other side of the Valley Blanche out of Chamonix on the sort of French-Italian border. And it's called the Dent de Gion, which is French for giant tooth. 
and, and, and that's not a bad description, is it? It's just, there it is. And we thought, oh, I want to get to the top of that. I and mean, that's quite iconic. Can you imagine a picture on the top of that? Wow, that's, whoa, I wanted that. I want to climb that hill. I want to get to the top of it. But what I hadn't quite factored in was what it takes to get there. So, so the route, if we can have the next slide, is um, you've, got to, you've, got to, well, you've got to walk across all that snowy bit, which is a, a glacier. You kind of have to mine crevasses and so on. Sometimes it's a bit of a longer route. And it steepens and it steepens until you get to that snow gully, which is about 55 degrees. That's, this is ice axes and crampons. And then there's sort of mixed snow and rock, uh, zigzagging, finding a path up to that little bit there that's called the Salamange. Um, I like this. There's a little bit of sort of French humour here because uh, in fairly uh, inhospitable surroundings, you, you come to this platform, if you have the next slide, here's Charlie and me, uh, and that is the Salamange. It's about the sort of flattest bit you'll find anywhere on that climb. I'm guessing, because it's about three hours in, um, so you, I, I, was, I was tired, my legs were a little bit wobbly. It's, um, the top of the climb is 4,000 meters, so um, altitudes impacting a bit. I had a bit of a headache, I was, I, and I was hungry. And I'm guessing the pioneer climbers, the people who first climbed this, got here and thought, I am hungry, and this looks like a nice room for a dinner. So we will call this the salle manger. And then they sat and had a, something to eat, I imagine, which is exactly what we did. And, and I must admit, I thought, I got there and I thought, oh, do you know, we haven't even begun the climb proper, and yet it feels like we've done a whole climb. I'm kind of tired and weary, and um, I'm a little bit worried about how we're going to get down. And, and that, that's the start of the climb. You kind of, you just sort of shimmy around on this rock, and behind me there is about two and a half thousand feet of air. Um, it's, I had a bit of a dry mouth and I'm kind of, and it, you kind of blindly can't really see what's, what's above you. you. You feel like, actually you feel really alone. This huge expanse of rock, there doesn't appear to be any favourable handholds. And that's a great big drop down there. <laughs> I want my mummy. And it's at that moment, it's at that moment that you, you dare to believe someone else has climbed this before that there must be a way, that there must be a handhold, there must be a foothold. And so you inch your way around. And I got to there, and I looked up at the, at the slab, the whole side of the Dante, uh, the Gion Dante. And I thought, oh my goodness, how do you climb up there? I can't see, that just looks like a smooth rock. I can't see how to climb that at all. There's one or two cracks, but, but you kind of shimmy and shin, and you kind of grunt your way up, and the sun comes out. And oh, suddenly you look on the left-hand side. Not only are there cracks and ledges that you could climb your way up, but some enterprising fellow has put a whole great big thick white horse of rope up there. I don't know if you can see it. But quite a lot of the route, route as the purists would say, has been spoiled by a whole fixed rope. So actually, if you're really struggling or just need a break, you just, just hang on the rope. I never knew that was there. That's handy. Ah, and I can feel my spirits lifting. There are footholds and handholds, places to put protection. And there's a rope if I need it. Ah, we can do this. I was tired and, and feeling exhausted down there, but I've got, if you like, a second wind. It's not that there aren't challenges. There's some exposed bits near the top. But eventually, just to end the story, we got the top. There we are. There's, uh, there's Jesus' mummy on the top, the Madonna. All the Italian roots have a Madonna at the top of their peaks. I was pleased to see her and we abseiled down. What a day.
But here's, here's the thing. There'll be moments in the next few days, in the next few weeks, moments actually probably in the rest of your life and mine, when we'll feel like we're shimmying out onto an edge, we'll feel exposed and isolated and lonely, and we'll really wonder why on earth we're here, how on earth we got here, and why on earth are we doing this in the first place? And we won't be able to see the way ahead. And that's when we, 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 we kind of put all the peripheral noise to one side. You just zone out of everything else and you just look for the next handhold and the next foothold. You just do the, the next thing, trusting that as with a climber, someone's gone before trusting that God has gone before. He is in Jerusalem. He's in the holy place. He's beckoning you to ascend the hill, to stand in his presence. I'll offer you a little insight into David. And it's just that this is where if, you, if you've got a finger in 2 Samuel 6, or if you haven't turned there, I'd encourage you to turn there now. 2 Samuel chapter 6. And, and look at this for just a bit more context and a little bit more understanding into how David was able, amid his battle weariness, as he's on his salle manger, wondering if he can go any further, feeling tired, feeling fatigued. Uh, this is how David carried on up the climb. Actually, chapter 6 and verse 1, this is worth noting, I think. David again brought together all the able young men of Israel, all the able young men of Israel, 30,000. And together, he and all his men went to Bala, to Judah, to bring up from there the Ark of God, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who's enthroned between the cherubim on the Ark. So it's not just a little sort of posse, a little delegation, where I'll just sort of, oh, if I've got a spare five minutes, I'll go and fetch the Ark. Like, you know, oh, I suppose there's a bit of rubbish around there. We could just whip to the tip, couldn't we? Just sort of, it's not like a little errand you do on there. No, he got the whole nation in terms of the young men. 30,000 men are tasked to bring the ark. It, this is how important it is to David. He, he wants to stand in the presence of God. He wants to ascend the hill of the Lord. That's what he wants to do. And he is going to involve everyone in this. That's how significant it is to him. And just look now down at... Um, well, I'll read from verse 12. Now, King David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the Ark of God. It had rested in that place for a little while and no harm or, or trauma had come to them. So he said, okay, it's a good thing to have the Ark. That would reassure David. So David went to bring up the Ark for, uh, of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the Ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he carried a sacrifice to bull and fattened calf. Now note this, verse 14. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. David was dancing. That's the, that's the first thing. I don't know about you, some of you are brilliant dancers. You love dancing. Any, you put any tune comes on and you, you're there, you're dancing, you're straight in it. I'm not in that category. So I get a little bit self-conscious about, I mean, if someone accused me of dad dancing, I'd take that as a compliment. At least it's dancing. So for me, to, to dance 
in front of, actually even if I'm honest, my wife and family, it, it takes a little bit. But to dance in front of, for example, my whole church, no way. To dance in front of the whole nation, 30,000 people. Can you imagine if a camera caught me, you know, I'm just sort of cleaning my teeth at night, just having a little, little private little jiggle to myself. And there was a secret camera that was then broadcast to the whole nation. David is dancing. He's laying aside any kind of image, any kind of uh, self-consciousness. He is dancing. That's part of his rejoicing. And he'll do it in front of all of his nation. Because that's how much God means to him. To, to, to express himself. But look, at, look how he's dancing. Verse 14, it's described as dancing with all his might. Here's the, here's the little clue. Here's the key to the treasure trove. Who, who may ascend the hill of the Lord when you're battle-weary and you're fatigued and you, you just, I don't know whether I can do this? Who can stand in God's presence? It's those who will dance with all their might. What, what words might you use to, um, to sort of describe dancing? You, you might say, you know, dancing to the beat or dancing rhythmically. Dancing with might. I, mean, I don't know, those of you who, you know, you enjoy a, a night out, you go to a club, it's a little bit of dancing, you come back, oh, that was, wasn't that mighty? That was a mighty time. You know, I don't, I'm not sure you, not sure that'd be the first word you'd use to describe. Or those of you who are Strictly fans, I don't know if you want to be a Strictly, and, you know, they get these contestants, they dance, and they're up against the judges. And we've got sort of Tess Daly going, well, David did the Argentine tango. Craig Revel Hoover, what did you make of that? Well, darling, not much might. You, you wouldn't hear that, would you? You'd never heard the judges criticise dancers for lack of might in their dancing. Here's David dancing with all his might, his, his strength, his courage, his determination. I, I don't imagine he's on best form. He's just had to defeat the Philistines twice. I, I expect he's done in, he's shattered, he's finished. But in front of his whole nation, he will dance with all his might. That tells me that, that David wants to ascend the hill of the Lord. David wants the ark in the temple so that he can lift himself from face down, sacrificed, accepted, and stand in the presence of God. I've got no idea what 2021 is going to bring. I'm not going to make any predictions. I've got no idea what Monday's got in store. All I know is this, that God is longing for men and women like you and me and like David, who will dance with all their might before him, irrespective of what others may think. If you carry on reading in chapter 6, Michael, who's the daughter of Saul, the former king, uh, and she pours scorn on, she sees him dancing, and she pours scorn on him. And he says, that, frankly, I don't care. I, I, I don't have fear of man. I don't, I'm not living for other people's opinions. I'm just living for the audience of one. I will dance before the Lord, and if it's undignified, I'll be even more undignified than this, as a contemporary song has it. That's the worship that God's after. That's the heart that God is after. People who want to ascend the hill of the Lord, to stand in his presence, to know him and to be known by him, come what may. Final little thing, you may have noticed it in verse 14. Tiny key unlocks this chest. Wearing a linen ephod. 
I've done more research on this than you, you would, might imagine this week. It's a, a linen ephod, all sorts of commentators have all sorts of views. But essentially, if we were to put this into contemporary parlance, David takes off all the clothing that would encumber his dancing with might until basically he's standing in his boxes. That's why Michael is sort of, oh, you call yourself a king? Look at you. All the servant girls can see you. What are you doing? What he's doing is, is taking off the, the robe of office. It's not about him being a king. He's taking off the vestments of a career. He's taking off other people's image. He's taking off anything that would inhibit his dancing with might before God. And if that means he's down to his boxes, then so be it. So that he can dance before the Lord. His soul, his spirit, his whole life freely given to God. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in God's presence? Someone who is prepared in front of the whole nation to strip themselves, as it were, of all those things that really don't matter in order that it is you and the Lord in a dance with all your might, all your courage, all your will and all your determination, irrespective of how you feel right now. I wonder whether David, there was something in, 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 in that whole effort to dance that, that rewarded David. He writes in verse 7, lift up your heads, you gates. It's kind of like the whole city lives. Gates and doors come to life when the Lord is present. Lift up your heads, you gates. Notice this. Be lifted up, you ancient doors. I wonder whether when you reach for the handhold, even though you don't know if it's there, and you're fearing whatever lies ahead, but you reach for the handhold as you lift up your head, God, by his spirit and in his grace and generosity, he, he kind of lifts you up too. You're looking for the handhold, he's giving you the foothold. And together, you climb. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. I, I, I don't know what 2021 look, looks like. We, we've got various things we'd love to do. We've got various sort of plans and ideas. We, I, I, I'm, I'm, what I'm hungry for, what I'm longing for, is that as a church community, we, we press into all the kind of stuff that we've sown into. The, the last six weeks, just in the lead up to Christmas, but the last 18 months with the completion of this building project, or the last 135 years with this place being here in this community, looking to be as salt and light and a beacon of God's goodness and grace and mercy, I want to do whatever it takes to press into that. It, it probably won't look like anything we've done before because uh, we're in COVID times and we're going to be in post-COVID times and we'll have to work out together what that looks like. But I just want to say to you, I'm in. I, 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 want, to, I want to climb up and, and have footholds held for me so that we can, we can get to the top. Who may ascend? the mountain of the Lord, who may stand in his holy place. That's what it is to have a clean heart, um, uh, clean hands and a pure heart. That's what it is to know his blessing. Ascend. Ascend.
Let's just pause for a moment. Much to take in from the words of David's psalm and from the context in which he wrote it. I want to fully acknowledge that you've been fighting the Jebusites and the Philistines and the Philistines again, fully acknowledge that there are other battles coming. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in any way saying this is easy. I don't think it was easy for David. They talk about a sacrifice of praise. But the cause is worth the cost. I want to encourage you to, to begin to think about what it looks like to dance. In a sense, to be spiritually carefree with all your might, with all your determination, with all your focus, with all that intention. It, it will mean willpower, it'll mean discipline. Next week, we're going to look at, in saying yes to the things of God, what we need to say no to. That's, it's hard. We don't like saying no to ourselves in the culture in which we live. But it's worth it. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? As we just pause here, as we kind of digest what the Lord by his spirit is saying through the technology and into your front room or kitchen or wherever it is that you're tuning in now. Be, be if you can, I know it's not possible for everyone, but be especially aware of what the Lord is saying to you right now. How he's calling you to play your part of the climbing team. That together we can ascend the hill of the Lord. Together we can stand in his presence. We can know him and be known by him.